0: G'day folks, and welcome back. My name's Mick Cullen, I'm your host for this interview. And look, tonight we're chatting with Sharon Munro from SharonMunro.com.au, and Sharon is a, a virtual assistant. And we're just gonna go through a whole heap of the things that you really need to know as a business owner about this concept of virtual assistants, because often when I'm chatting with people and bring up for the first time, they've never heard of, heard of it before, and they're just amazed that there's people out there that they can access uh, who do this work so we're going to find all out all out of uh, all about that in this interview so sharon thanks for being on the line today oh,
1: thanks for asking me mick It's wonderful yeah
0: that's all right so folks probably, if you don't know sharon sharon's been in the our local uh meetup group for the redcliffe social media group now for about two years and uh very much a regular, so if you need any social media stuff done as we get through here, uh, Sharon's your uh, go-to person. So, Sharon, let's um, let's start right at the at the basics, and we throw around the term uh, VA or virtual assistant. Um, so, what what is a virtual assistant?
1: Well, I usually explain it um, in one of two ways. I either say I do admin, or it's like a personal assistant. Um, who works from home, Wikipedia actually says a virtual assistant is a self-employed person who provides administrative, technical or creative assistance to clients remotely from a home office and that pretty much sums it up perfectly.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. We're going straight to the source. (laughs) So, all right, so assistant is obviously pretty easy and then the whole virtual thing is that it's, um, you know, internet-based.
1: It basically comes from being a PA or an EA, Cool. An executive assistant, yep.
0: All right, well, how did you get into it? What did you do beforehand and uh, what made you, when did you first find out that uh, VAs VA existed and how did you get into it?
1: Yeah, well, I basically found out about it when I got into it. Um, <laughs> I was actually between jobs and I bumped into a friend who I'd worked with in a previous job and he said, oh, you should become a virtual assistant. And I went home and I looked it up. And it sounded like the perfect idea for me at the time. Um, So I registered a business name and four and a half years later, it's still going strong. Um, My background was actually, I spent about 15 years working in libraries. Okay. And then I left libraries and started at the ground in admin working as sales support for a variety of different companies and then as an office manager and eventually moved up to working as an executive assistant um, for a corporate client in the city. And when I left that, yeah, I bumped into somebody who said, We'll become a VA. So I did. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, I guess that's pretty the perfect background then, like if you, if you look at that as a uh, as training to become a VA when we get into some of the things that, uh, you know, vegetable assistants do. But have you met many other VAs? Like is that a fairly, fairly common background or is it people from all over the place?
1: It's a lot of people from all over the place, a lot of um, people who've worked in legal firms. Um, there's actually, I'm surprised by the number of, librarians or library technicians who've become VAs. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <clears throat> but everybody who becomes a VA usually has, you know, a pretty solid grounding in some admin area. Um, and I, I would suggest if you're looking for a VA to make sure they've had, you know, a reasonably senior level of admin experience. You don't really want somebody who's just done accounts payable at the, you know, corner shop or something.
0: Fair enough. I guess that, that probably comes into the type of um, <coughs> type of VA that you're looking for too. So we'll it'll talk about you know specialists and, and generalists as we go along. But uh, yep. all right, well, what type of, or um, well, you know, without going into details, what sort of clients do you have, and what sort of people have a have a virtual assistant on staff?
1: much anyone can have a virtual assistant Um, I mean my clients sort of vary I I seem to a lot of restaurant cafe type people which is wonderful Um, I have people who are in the entertainment field so festival organizers people who have stalls for trade shows um, anybody who works alone Plus I have a couple of occasional customers who are corporations with their own admin department, but from time to time they need a little extra admin help yep and so they get a VA to to just catch the admin overflow
0: and so just like a buffer so when things get busy, they can just um, just pull in the extra support
1: yep or um, when they need special things done. Um, For example, a hydraulics client who does building refurbishments has to do a manual on CD of all the plumbing appliances they've used. So when they get to that stage, they get me to source the manuals online or scan the pages of the print copy and put it in the CD that they can present building owners um, and the admin staff don't have a scanner and they don't really like scanning, so they get me to do that.
0: Fair enough. And the, the people you're working with, are you normally the first VA they've had or have they had virtual assistants before? How, how do you find that?
1: It's pretty much a mix. I have some clients who I'm the first VA. You know, they'd never heard of one. I get a lot from networking, so um, networking and referrals, um, and they usually haven't heard of a VA before, and I have a couple others who've had multiple VAs, um, and some who even have me and maybe some offshore VAs that they use, okay. depending on what they want done.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll jump into the onshore, offshore thing a little bit later on too, because that's a, that's a whole discussion around the, when everyone talks about virtual assistants. Um, so when... So I guess when they take people, take a VA on them, they've got a particular uh, role in mind, or does, is it something that sort of grows as they work with, you know, as you work with your clients, they work with you? Do you sort of expand your scope? Do you start off with a small sort of few jobs and then build out, or how, how do, you, do you find yourself becoming part of the staff?
1: Definitely. I mean, the best relationships are the ones that are going to work over the long term. Um, And you might start off doing one or two tasks with somebody and then as you're talking about things that come up, you can say, oh, you could do this or I could do this to help you and the roles tend to expand that way. Or sometimes people just, as you get more familiar with a company, you have more input into how they will work. You know how things work and you can make suggestions. You can find ways to streamline what you do. Yep. Um, to take on a bit extra. And it, it's kind of it's an organic process if you work together long term. Otherwise, you can just, you know, come on, do a couple of quick projects and, you know, that's it.
0: So in that, in that aspect, it really is just like taking on – you know, a staff instead of them seeing the office. Uh, so you could be taking someone on a project base, so they're there for a particular task or a couple of weeks, and then they're done. Or you can actually be taking someone on for you know multi months as an ongoing um, sort of virtual assistant for your team.
1: Definitely, I spent six months last year working with an engineering company who had just rebranded, and they brought me in to help out their admin team because their admin team was busy. And they had about 300 documents that needed to be rebranded. Yikes. Um, so <laughs> I did the rebranding over about three months. Um, so and, then, there's that. and then stayed on <laughs> yeah.
0: or was that, that was the end of the task?
1: <clears throat> that was the end of it. Um,
0: okay. Well, well, let's talk about um, specialists first, ongoing or sort of general things then. Because, yep. again, a lot of the background that I come from for virtual assistants, some are basically full-time staff and they, they cover a whole heap of admin roles, but others might be a specialist uh, transcription uh, expert yep. and, and they'll just pick up, you know, very specialised tasks. Uh, so mm-hmm. can you talk around that sort of like the difference between specialists and generalists?
1: Yeah, um generally it's a matter of the specialists, the generalists, the specialists have an area they prefer. Um, It tends to be transcription, telephones, whether it's telemarketing and bookkeeping. They tend to be the the main areas that people specialise in. Although these days there's also quite a lot who are specialising in like WordPress websites or social media, setting up accounts Monitoring mentions and that sort of thing. The reason a VA would choose to do one or the other is simply what they prefer. Um, sometimes it's what happens to come your way. Um, you might get do transcription for one person and then get a whole heap of people <coughs> referring the transcription on because.
0: So you just fall just fall into a certain uh, into a certain niche.
1: Definitely. I mean, that's how I've fallen into – I've sort of developed a niche around restaurant, cafe-type businesses, and that's really just happened because I did some work for one, and they happened to be really pleased with what I did, so somebody else has come to me and said, oh, hey, can you do mine too? And
0: yeah, it's the way it goes. <laughs> it
1: just sort of snowballs, yeah.
0: Okay, so, so folks who are listening as a small business owner – if they're interested in this idea, and we'll go into more idea, you know, more depth of about what VAs can do for business owners, but how would they actually go out and and find a, a virtual assistant uh, for their business tomorrow?
1: Okay, I would suggest asking around, ask your Twitter con ask on Twitter, ask on Facebook, ask the, the business owners you network with, and yeah. go by personal recommendation. Otherwise, there's, there's places on the web you can look for, like ACS, which it's a Clayton secretary, um, secretary you don't have, uh, have when yep. you don't have a secretary, um, or VYVA. They're both networking sites.
0: So they're just that, like a marketplace? Sorry? So they're like a marketplace with VAs and business owners connect?
1: They are, um, but there's more than those. There are a lot of sites that do this around. But those two I know are – they check who's actually registering as a VA with them. Okay, yep. Um, So they're all people who've had, you know, probably at least five years admin experience at a relatively senior level who have already the software that you need because at a minimum you should have, you know, the Microsoft Office, Skype, a decent computer – Things like that. So, the, the good sites will actually check that the, the so VA. They're,
0: they're pre filtered then.
1: Well, yeah. Otherwise, you can go somewhere like, you know, but anybody can set up there and say they're a VA. You
0: just dropped out then, uh, Sharon. Sorry. What was the, uh, the website?
1: Elance or Guru. Yep. Um, anybody can set up there and say they're a VA. So. You have to be a little bit careful if you go to those sort of bidding war places um, that if you're going for the cheapest price then you may just get the cheapest service
0: and i guess to put that so if people are listening then these are sites where you go out and just put out a a, a want ad and people will apply for your uh, for your basically advert and say that they'll they'll do the work for you
1: yep and a lot of the times you can sort of set a budget of, you know, say $5 an hour or I'm prepared to pay up to $10 an hour. Um,
0: Yep. Um, And we'll we'll talk about pay as well. Now, what about agencies? Have you had any experience or do you, you know, have you spoken with VAs who who work with agencies or employers who have gone through an agency to place
1: a VA? Not really. Um, Technically, if a VA is with an agency, they're probably not a real VA. Um, because part of the definition of a VA is an independent contractor who okay. works. Okay, yeah, for yep, sure. <coughs> um, and that is one of the things that you do have to be careful of is how you're working with someone. Um, there's tax implications if you have somebody who is basically full time, but you're saying they're an independent contractor. The tax office may disagree and think you owe super and WHS payments and all that sort of thing.
0: Yep. Now, without getting into that, I think it's about is it 80% if you get to 80% of your salary from or your uh, income from one source. Is that I believe
1: really? it is about that, yes. Um, although, of course, you know, I'd recommend everybody check it.
0: Yep. Um,
1: with all their right. But yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, just something other bits of piece I've heard with agencies is that. Um, you know, obviously, again, uh, if you go through an agency, the, the people they're offering up are, are pre-vetted and quite often trained and um, I know some places where they're, they're actually, as you said, they're, they're not so much uh, individual contractors, they are employees. Uh, so the agencies, you know, just like you would have a, a temp agency putting someone at your reception desk, yep. um, there's obviously agencies out there who specialise in, in virtual assistance and they can be, you know, Australian or overseas anywhere. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a word of mouth, job sites and uh, agencies, that would, in my experience, be the, the main three places to find VAs.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: Okay. Um, it comes up in every conversation about virtual assistants, but the onshore versus offshore considerations. Uh, you got, can you sort of talk around that topic? When, what were the, some of the advantages or, or, you know, when would you look at one versus the other?
1: It's, it's a topic I'm not all that certain about. Like, I think that in a lot of the offshore places there are probably a lot of people who are really, really skilled and do a great job. The problem is it's really difficult to find out beforehand what you're going to get um, in terms of service. Yep. I tend to figure – I know – I've got a client at least one client who does a lot of um marketing and they use me to collate their marketing um because i know the local area so i know the names of the towns and the suburbs and the postcodes and all that sort of thing doesn't throw me but they use an overseas agency to ring yep okay the contacts um which is fine with me because I don't do telemarketing. Um, I think it depends what you want. As far as I'm concerned, if you have a very limited budget, then why not use an overseas agency? Just, you know, again, go for word of mouth. Ask people who've used them and go for somebody who's got good recommendations.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing, you know, and and people listening this without a joke, you can get people to work for two dollars an hour, and, and I think when people first hear that, it's kind of like they go crazy, and the thing is that there is still quite a, a fair bit of overhead in in managing any employee, and sometimes if you are down at the two dollars an hour mark, there is a. A fair bit of your time is still required in, in managing that. So yeah.
1: uh, and, um,
0: it's, it's, not, it's not as uh, straight out as, as that.
1: No, and I'm sure that every VA would have a story about the time they got to redo something that had been done by a $2 an hour. Yeah. You uh, know, um, but yeah, as I said, I think it depends what you want done. Um, I think it depends too a bit on on your budget. If you can afford to use somebody on shore, then, you know, good karma from employing local. <laughs> but-
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, you know, that's that conversation. Um, and, and sometimes for a small business to be able to get to the stage where they actually employ more locals... Mm. Uh, quite often to get that initial step and that initial leverage, they uh, look at it off- offshore. But it's um, you know it, it's something people are listening to that they can dig into. But it just you know it does open up your eyes that there can be someone in Egypt who is happens to be a particular specialist in uh, producing powerpoints. Um, and there's this idea that you know we now got a global world. and am will talk about some of the tools later on. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's not as straight out easy as that sometimes there is, you know, definitely management and uh, language and time zone consideration. So uh, this particular, you know, especially client-facing jobs um, yep. where you've just got to weigh up the advantages.
1: I mean, that is time zones is, is a big one because it does give people the leverage if they need something done overnight. They can look at a, somebody in a compatible time zone who's Up hours are overnight, and you know, send off all the medical records to be coded so they're ready to upload in the system first thing the next morning.
0: I know, and that's just it blows me away too that you can have turn your small business into a 24 hour operation. Yep. Um, and in the fact that, yeah, you're passing over at night time while you're sleeping, um, there's stuff done. In, and so when you wake up in the morning, you know, it's you or your staff, there's, uh, you know, the ball's being carried forward while everyone else is sleeping. And that's just, uh, that amazes me as well.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely, I think a lot of it is, I think it's sort of the whole key to working with a virtual assistant anywhere in the globe is to actually understand what you want them to achieve and to go searching for somebody with that in mind. Um,
0: do you have a little, um, like a, a briefing template? Like if someone's giving you a job, do you just sort of, I guess you really sort of just take it and in, in work it around them. But um, you know, when, I, when I'm trying to set a task, or try, as it just comes back to the military thing, you, know, you try and give them the, the overall overall purpose of what you're trying to achieve. And yep. then ideas of how you think it should be done, and then at the end we talk about the end state, so um, they know roughly what it should look like at the end, so they can to work towards. Do you have a like a, a bit of a you know like a briefing document, or do you get try and get something structured like that?
1: Not really, um, simply because what I start with with a client tends to be different with every client. Um, so I do more like one-on-one consulting for. Um, where we sit down and talk about what they want me to do, what they want to achieve at the end of it. Um, Do
0: you find yourself coaching them through that a bit just because, you know, you know what you can do and it's kind of a bit bit of an unknown for them?
1: I do. um, I find it works better when I do that. I mean, some people have used VAs in the past. They know exactly what they want. And they're they're happy to sit down and say, this is what I want, blah, 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 and go for it. But people who've never worked with a VA before, I think it's a lot easier to sit down, find out what they want, tell them how you can help them, um, and work from there to come up with exactly what they need.
0: Yeah.
1: And, I mean, there is... There's sometimes people just aren't the right fit with a virtual assistant or a virtual assistant isn't the right person the right fit with a company.
0: Is that because they're so reluctant to delegate or like they really hold on to things? Or is there <coughs> like of the of people who will struggle to, to work with a, a virtual assistant, is there a a particular, you know, trait?
1: I don't think so. Um, I tend to think a lot of the time it's up. I mean, I guess the more really extreme control freaks probably don't like working with a virtual assistant. But a lot of the time, it's really just up to the virtual assistant to be professional and make people relaxed with what they're doing. Um, I tend to find people are always a bit nervous starting off. Okay. <clears throat>
0: And then after a couple of months, you find that um, if they were to lose you or lose their virtual assistant, they'd be crying?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about tools of the trade. So how does this whole thing work? How can you be sitting um, you know, anywhere in the world or in a different state or across town working for someone and still get everything done they need done? So how does it, how does it work out
1: as far as tools? Oh. I love the cloud. The cloud is my friend. And Google. I'm afraid I'm a huge Google girl.
0: Now, let's jump back to cloud because, again, I'm finding a lot of people I talk to as far as business owners, that would just go straight over their head. So what what is the cloud?
1: Don't ask me questions like
0: (laughs) this. All right. Well, what we're getting at is obviously we're not talking weather. We're talking um, basically distributed data storage. So as long as you can get to the internet, whether it's phone or computer – um, you know, these cloud services, as long as you can get online, uh, you can access it anywhere, I guess, it's yep. the easiest way to bring it up.
1: Yep. So things like Skype. Um, I mean, I don't actually have a landline anymore. I have my mobile phone and Skype, and I use Skype for most of my outgoing calls.
0: So, so what does is, what is Skype do for someone who doesn't know what Skype is?
1: Well, Skype is... Basically for me it's a replacement for a landline. It's it's a telephone system. I put a certain amount of money on my account every however often. And as I make calls to the the credit, it's cheaper than my mobile plan. Yeah. Um you can make video calls, but I don't. Um you can have free calls between people who have Skype. Yep. And one of the things I like about it is you can go in there and download a list of the calls you made and the cost of the calls so that if you're doing disbursements to somebody and you want to charge on the cost of calls you've made on their behalf, you can go and see how much each call costs, um, the number to them.
0: Okay, so you can go pull all that data, all those details. Yeah. Up. Now, I think um, for many folk, though, it'd just be purely for free, isn't it? It's just they just have Skype set up on their on their computer. The VA would have Skype, and whenever they need to chat to each other, they just sit in front of the computer, and uh, it's obviously all free.
1: Yep.
0: Yep. Cool. Okay, so that's for voice communication. Uh, it's also a chat, isn't it? It's also a chat program, so you can just type to each other.
1: It is. Um, I, so far, have actually found all my clients very not, particularly interested in chat. Um, I really only have one who rings me. Okay. Most of the rest, we pretty much solely communicate by email. Cool. All right. Um, And Facebook email sometimes because what I've found is when all the other email accounts go down, Facebook email always seems to work. (laughs) So a lot of my clients will email me on Facebook when they can't access their other emails.
0: Yeah. All right, so what else do you use?
1: Um, Well, Google, like I said. um, I use Gmail. I'm available on Google Chat if people ever want to, but it doesn't come up. Google Calendar is wonderful. Um, I use that to set appointments for other people or to see what other people's bookings are, and you can share your calendar with your VA um, so that they can see where you are. They can make appointments um, and that can synchronise with your Outlook calendar and I assume with your Mac calendar.
0: Yep, and mobile phones as well. Yep. Okay, so um, managing calendar.
1: Google Drive and Dropbox, they're kind of the same, but um, Google Drive is awesome for documents, particularly if somebody doesn't have the Microsoft Office suite because that's horrendously expensive and – People don't, but pretty much everything can be done with Google Drive. The other thing I like with Drive is you can set up forms. Yep. So, for instance, one of my clients needs needed me to do invoices on a regular basis. So I set up a form for all the information I'd require, and every time she had an invoice for me to do, she'd just fill out the form. It would come to a Google document. I do the form you take and, that
0: and and throw that into the uh, into the invoice.
1: Yep and then put the invoice number on the form document that came through so it was in Google Drive she could see that it had been done what the invoice number was
0: Yep now uh, I'm I'm sure I'm watching people's eyes glaze over again there so it's a Google Drive in 25 words or less
1: Sharing documents documents forms and presentations
0: Sure so, yeah, so online storage for um, instead of keeping it on your hard drive. Yep. Cool. What else you got?
1: Uh, Dropbox, similar, but you can do pictures and files as well, which is wonderful. Um, also, programs.
0: Yeah, and I guess the easiest way I talked about Dropbox with folks is. So, you know that USB stick you carry around with you everywhere? Well, Dropbox means you don't have to carry that USB stick around with you anywhere. It's, uh, yep. As long as you get to the internet again, you've got all your files there.
1: Yep, that sounds pretty <laughs> And, you know, I use it for data entry as well, for, you know, like entering invoices and things. We keep the files in Dropbox so that everybody can see them.
0: Um, what else you
1: got <laughs> honestly that's pretty much it oh and things like zero, I use Xero for a couple of clients yeah um, so, so accounting yeah. software yep um, they can give me a login I can use that plus really whatever other programs people use you know um, I've got one client I check a Hotmail account for I've got other clients that I access their WordPress websites, um, Cafe Press.
0: All right, but, so so pretty much, you know, whatever the, the company is using, uh, yeah, virtual assistance pretty much going to pick that up and and just fit in uh, with the, the the main systems.
1: Now, I guess CRMs are the only other thing really that we use, and I mean most of mine have been with um, High Rise and. All those high rise. I'm thinking Dropbox, but it's not campfire and.
0: Yep. So now yeah, high rise is, and again a lot of folk. Like, uh, so we're talking here CRM customer relation uh, management. Is that the, what's the full? Bridge? I can, uh, customer
1: just... relations management.
0: Yep, and so as we uh, store people's uh, address details and, and leads, what products are interested in. Um, you know, if, if your sales staff have followed them up.
1: Yeah, and um, project management software as well.
0: Okay. What do you find you use? end up using for that, Basecamp or...?
1: Basecamp. 37 Signals is kind of the one that I've used. Yeah. Um,
0: I've just switched to, I'm halfway between Trello and Podio. Uh, they're both free, um, so I'm working my way through those ones <laughs> okay so we'll, we'll jump into some case studies in a moment but um what sort of horror stories or, or what you know we've talked about some of the benefits of, of virtual assistant where it's you know either cheap or it's um you know casual work someone who can work from home uh what are some of the, the risks or downsides of virtual assistants? what do you have to be aware of
1: well i guess the number one thing at least when you start using somebody new would be um, deadlines. Make sure that you actually set, for a start, realistic deadlines. So don't give somebody a huge job that needs to be done by, you know, eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, But also don't give them a deadline that's the same as your deadline. (laughs) So if you need something done for a presentation, you know, on Wednesday morning. Yep then set the deadline for Tuesday lunchtime or something so that you've got a chance to, A, check that it's right and, B, if there's big problems, you've got time to just look at fixing them. Yep, okay. (laughs) Um, That's really only the first time you work with somebody new, but things go wrong sometimes, so it's always good to keep it back up with that. Other than that, I'd say not being organised or not communicating what you really want um, is the only other real pitfall. And that's just when what you're you're saying and what your virtual assistant thinks you're saying don't turn out to be the same thing.
0: I guess it's just drawing on that, is when someone's in the office with you, you've got... More sort of communication open to you, whether it's you know body language or just you know walking across and seeing what they're doing, and, and um, perhaps if they're doing something the wrong, way fixing it up. Uh, so there's a, I guess, is a, is a more a trust and and there's less of a super supervision available with a virtual assistant.
1: Yep, and I think that's that's something that can be a bit hard to get your head around the first time, which is another good reason for you know setting the deadlines a bit before you need it, um, just so that if something comes back and it's not exactly the way you you wanted it, you've got the chance to say, hey, that's not quite what I wanted, what I really want is. Because um, it's very rare that a VA will deliberately hand in something that's not perfect. You know, everybody wants the return custom and the word of mouth, Yep, because it is one of the best ways or one of the the ways we find we get employed the most is through word of mouth and referrals.
0: So most VAs are going to do the best they can on any particular job anyway.
1: Exactly, and if they do something wrong, it's probably because they've misunderstood something, and if you give them the opportunity to fix it, they will generally go all out to to do it. So it's worth, you know, just making sure that if something doesn't come back the way you wanted it, to actually go back and say it's not quite what I wanted, and just give the VA the chance to make sure it's perfect for you.
0: Okay. Well, let's um, let's bring in a little bit more concrete now. Then, so let's just look at some case studies and and how you know, your experience of doing the VA work you've you've done and how other people use VAs. Yeah.
1: So
0: let's run through, you know, a couple of examples. There's a few others you want to throw in. Um, great, we'll do that. But let's go through how a tradie, so how a plumber could use a VA, how a retail store could use it, and maybe how a real estate agent could use a virtual assistant. Yeah.
1: Um, well, just we a plumber, straight up, I'd say probably the number one thing that – I would expect they'd have dislike is their phone ringing when they're in the middle of things and missing calls and losing work because of it. Um, So they could always switch their phone through to a VA while they're on a job and the VA can answer it. If it's, you know, if they've got a straightforward booking, there's no reason a VA can't make the booking, put it in the Google Calendar and... You know, send the plumber a text and say, "Hey, added this to your calendar." Um, a VA can do their invoicing and supp- order supplies.
0: Okay, and I think the invoicing would be the biggest one. Like, you know, most tradies <laughs>
1: hate know, the paperwork. Like,
0: well, yeah, like being on the tools—that's why they're doing it. And then to have to get home at the end of a day and then sit down and, and sort out the, the paperwork—that yep. um, must, you know, I can, you know, they bring tears to my eyes if, <laughs> if I was a tradie. <laughs>
1: Plus, you know, little things like if they wanted to be really fancy-smancy, we could, you know, do up a website and a Facebook account and a Twitter account and, you know, keep those ticking over as well.
0: Okay. And a, a retail store? So let's, talk, let's say a dress shop. So we've got a, a dress shop. How could they use a, a virtual assistant?
1: Yep. They would, I would think, want to use a virtual assistant more for, like in their marketing. So liaising with... The places that they place ads, whether it's TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, whatever, making sure the ads go in right, Um, ordering stock or anything social media for them, Um, loading up specials on Twitter and Facebook and maybe running promotions.
0: And probably these days too, even just an online store, they're they're doing e-commerce as well.
1: Easily. Um, any of the online stuff, really, that they wanted. And, yeah, marketing, online and marketing would be, my guess, the main areas.
0: All right. And a real estate agent?
1: Real estate, I would say, probably one of the number one bits would be loading all those photos onto the website.
0: Yeah, I reckon
1: so. Um, <laughs> and making sure that, you know they get across to Domain and the other, I can't remember the name of the other site, but making sure that they get out to all the real estate websites and that they've all got, you know, the correct agent, the correct photos, um, whatever details they want, then there's no reason they couldn't do other stuff like, I don't know, coordination of things for open houses, advertising the open houses. Um, liaising with newspapers.
0: Yep, and again, I guess social media sides of things as well. Just taking the, you know, the, the listing from realestate.com, wherever it is, and, and then posting it on their social media sites.
1: And contracts as well, really.
0: Okay, so all um, the le- if they have legal a
1: template stuff? contract, then yeah, the VA can go through and you know make sure that the customer's name is in there, spelt right the whole time, and that all addresses are typed in correctly. Because that is one thing, like the VAs generally have a pretty good eye for detail.
0: Okay, yep. So, uh, yeah, I know one business owner is, uh, and uh, I'm sure you'll listen to this, but he's pretty weak on his spelling. So his virtual assistant is his uh, his uh, stop check, I guess, for really spelling when he sends out emails and things like that.
1: Yeah, I do that for a couple of people as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if someone,
0: you know... What's the smallest step someone could take? They just wanted to put their toe in the water and, I guess, expand, you know, what they can get done in the day. Yep. Uh, so how, how could someone start with a virtual assistant and see if it's for them?
1: Well, I would suggest finding that one thing that they really hate, whether it's monitoring a generic email account or data entry for their invoices or following up their invoices or just that one thing that, you know, takes them a lot longer than it should and outsource that.
0: All right. And um, I know Cliff Ravenscraft, he, he's a guy who, who runs another podcast and I think he, he runs a whole series on, on virtual assistants and the first job he got was chasing up old invoices. Yep. And his assistant paid for her first month's employment in, in the first two days just purely by um, following up on old invoices and, and getting money in that, it, that he would never have got around to otherwise.
1: Yep. Um, and that's the same for social media. I have that with one client who's um, getting me to just post things more regularly on her Facebook account. Yep. Um, and we actually had a meeting today and discussed things we could use to make more regular posts. And that's basically her, her thing is, you know, the new business it brings in is what pays my salary. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if I make it work, I have work. If I don't, then…
0: Yep, so all based on results, results yeah. econ- results economy. Um, okay, well, look, I think we have probably running along there on time. So we've covered a fair bit of… Uh, Bits and pieces there so really this would be a, a pretty good intro for someone who's never heard of a of the uh, virtual assistant before just to quickly get their head around you know some of the concepts and that you can have you know even if it's only someone for you know for five hours a week just a little bit of extra assistance to get things done uh, in your business there's all those jobs that you just don't get to or, or hate doing um you know you can effectively look at that as a uh, as an option
1: yeah, and honestly, Mick, even five, it doesn't have to be five hours a week. I have clients where I do maybe three or four minutes a day and it just adds up over the month.
0: <laughs> wow, okay.
1: You know, that's monitoring email accounts.
0: Yeah, so um, you just log in each day and just see if there's something new there? or
1: Yeah, and, you know, I have template responses for a lot of things or for most of the things that come through. Okay. So if somebody comes through and they ask, you know, well, there's one or two things they ask or they're submitting a new membership, and if they're a new membership, I send them off this email. If they're asking a question, then the answer's probably this or this, or forward to the business saying, hey, this one's not one of the ones I've got a template for. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's maybe five minutes a day, a day at the most.
0: And, and what's the... Okay, so let's talk through the advantage for the business owner there, is the fact that they're actually not having to deal with the, the stuff that's just run on the mill, uh, and they only have to step in if there's something different happens.
1: It's stuff that, you know, it's probably in the information on their Facebook page. It's stuff that's everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, people don't necessarily go looking for it. They go, there's info at email address. I'll email that and ask the question. So, you know, the business is not having to type up the responses. Um, they're not having to be disturbed by the emails coming in, but everything's getting dealt with within a couple of hours most days. Of being received, of somebody sending an email, they get a response.
0: Cool. All right. You- now, on your website, you've got a fair bit of information about you know what VAs can do in different circumstances. So. Do you want to give yourself a plug there and, and let people know where they can go to, to get more information about VAs and about uh, what you do?
1: Yep, by all means, head over to my website at that's a u. Excellent.
0: So, yeah, check that out there. If Sharon's got quite a few articles. You can follow her on Facebook. And I'm sure if you got got... Uh, you know, more detailed questions about how a virtual assistant could actually work in with your particular business, Uh, I'm going to dob Sharon in here and say she's happy to to field those. By
1: all means. I definitely don't mind chatting with anybody. Um, And, I mean, one thing you'll find is virtual assistants are a pretty helpful sort of crew. So, you know, if I can't help, I can refer to people who do who can help and do know the answers or do specialise in whatever area. Um, we all work together quite well.
0: All right. That's awesome. Okay. Look, thanks, Sharon. We'll, uh, I'll chat with you soon.
1: Okay. Thanks, Mick.